Welcome to the Game, Game Ready, Ready, Ready Podcast, Podcast. 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 with Coach E. Allen. Thank you for joining us. Sit back and enjoy the show. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show. We appreciate all your support. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Ready Podcast. We have our, our one of our favorite guests returning, Dr. Yaz. Um, if you remember, if you remember the uh, previous podcast, we talked about pain and how lifting weights can actually help manage pain. And Doc, he expanded on it pretty well, and, and all the feedback has been really positive. So, you know, my, my mission when I got into this industry was to was to help youth athletes and really be a big be a, be a proponent in helping youth athletes enjoy the whole process of of playing sports and one of those processes is, is training so you know we're gonna we're gonna cover three um, just basic questions about lifting and, and I'm gonna get Dr. Yaz's uh, perspective on that and go ahead kick it off Doc. Thanks for having me again, Ernest, by the way. And um, yeah, I, I think that it is wonderful that more and more adolescents are getting into sports. There's so many life lessons that can be gained from participating in sports. Mm-hmm. For me, the greatest lesson that you could learn in life is about discipline and commitment. Yes. And that is to say that you set a goal, Mm -hmm. you recognize that you have certain requirements to achieve the goal, and you recognize that things aren't always going to be handed to you so easily, that you're going to have to work hard, and you're going to have to stay committed, and you're going to have to learn, and there's going to be ups and downs, and Mm -hmm. there'll be trials and tribulations. And so these are the great life lessons that an adolescent can gain from being in sport. But the reality is, is that there's a physical component to participating. And so the best thing that that individual can do is condition themselves for the opportunity to participate. And not only does it allow them to prevent themselves from injuring themselves, but in allowing the body to perform optimally, it's going to allow them to get the most from doing the sport. And, 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 enjoying it, Mm -hmm. you know, greater. So um, I I think that the two really do have to go hand in hand. And I I just hope especially parents recognize that there really does need to be a strength training component to your child participating in sports. I just think it's really, really important. Yes, it is. I I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm biased on the fact that I've seen the results that they you know that actually just participating in a, in a strength program for I'd say like 18 to 24 months can can bear a lot of uh, you know be be very beneficial to to youth athletes in so many different ways the mental aspect the like you said the discipline aspect and then t- in, in developing a work ethic to you know to pursue and you know and, it, and actually my opinion also gives them the groundwork to continue this when they get as they get older you know oh absolutely that that that's the essence of it being a life lesson is that listen you're, you're gonna get out of high school you're gonna get out of college you're gonna want to have a job you're gonna want to have a successful family those types of lessons of nothing comes easy mm-hmm. working hard pays dividends that's gonna help in your relationships that's gonna help in your long-term occupation so there's no doubt that these, if you could learn this stuff early in those teen years, you, you're going to have a successful adult life. So exactly. I agree this should be carried over throughout life. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, I got a, had a, a few questions. Um, 
you, you basically you covered the benefits of long term, uh, basically uh, of, of, of using of weightlifting. How does it coincide? You know, basically, I think we already covered this, but long term athletic development. That's like a, a buzzword, a, a buzz term, if you want to talk about it and in, in, in developing youth athletes and not having a cookie cutter <clears throat> sort of program that addresses, you know, developing youth athletes into becoming better athletes. You yeah. know, so, so the weightlifting aspect is, is, is a big piece of that. So let's just talk about one of the things that I don't think people really understand about. So you're going through adolescence, right? And everyone mm-hmm. talks about that growth jump, that, 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 mm-hmm. Shooting up, the kid grows four inches, six inches in a few months. Mm-hmm. I, I want people to understand this concept. Let's just say we're talking about the thigh itself, right? Mm-hmm. So we have your thigh bone, your femur, right? And all of a sudden, bam, four, you know, in the next six months, this kid grows four to five inches. What yeah. that means is that that thigh bone just grew, extended its length several inches, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you have to understand that the thigh muscle, the quadricep, is attached. Mm-hmm. So in this massive growth of the bone, because the muscle is attached, the muscle suddenly lengthened. Mm-hmm. Now, because of that, its ability to create force has been impeded. Yes. Because it's become overstretched and muscles create a greater force, it's optimal force at a certain optimal length. Mm-hmm. So what you want to recognize is that because there's been an alteration of the muscle length, it may suddenly now have a little difficulty supporting the kneecap in the joint. Mm-hmm. So this teenage athlete who's trying to utilize their body more effectively in performing a sport may end up suddenly having knee pain. Mm -hmm. And so it would be nice if people would stop a second and say, well, maybe this is associated with the growth process that's occurred. And all we need to do is try to work a little bit on strengthening the quad Mm -hmm. to try to return some of the thickening of the muscle that was there prior to it suddenly having to explode in its length. Mm-hmm. And so um, I-, I want people to recognize that when that kid is going through that growth phase, it's actually not a bad thing to be incorporating some generalized strength training simply to recognize that the muscles are going to be asking for that, right? They're going to be wanting that because just as the bone is extending dramatically, the muscle is being asked to lengthen and that kind of can make it lose its ability to create force. So very true. don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. of that idea there's always been we had this conversation once where there's that thing that's been out there forever that strength training somehow dwarfs an, an adolescent's ability to grow and, and that's basically been completely dispelled yes exactly could, so could you expound on that a little bit and, and show the research sure. that you read sure sure so um, what happened was as the 80s came along in the 90s and more money was seen to be going into athletics, mm-hmm. more people thought to themselves, well, if my kid is interested in athletics, well, that's great. So let's have them participate and maybe there's a scholarship somewhere in the future for them. And that's great. That's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Mm -hmm. Well, as a result of that, you had a lot of kids, this massive infusion of kids trying to play sports, but there also wasn't the simultaneous recognition that they need to condition themselves. Exactly. So we had this massive Um, rise in emergency room visit of sports-related injuries to kids and adolescents. And so the American Academy of Pediatrics recognized that something was going on and something needed to be done. So they changed their preposition 
as to when children can actually do modified or, or moderate levels of weightlifting, not just push-ups and sit-ups, but literally weightlifting, bench pressing, squatting, but at a moderate level of resistance all the way down to the age of eight. Wow. So any child wow. over the age of, there's the American Academy of Pediatrics acknowledges that any child over the age of, age of eight who is playing a sport can perform moderate strength training, which is to say that the level of resistance should not be extreme. It should be moderate, 50% of their maximum effort. So there was a recognition and a change in the policy so that it is now okay for children over the age of eight to be uh, doing moderate levels of strength training. And it makes sense. You know, I, I don't train any athletes under the age of 10. If they do, it has to be a special circumstance. Right. Like really, when when they do, I know they're not, they're, they're, their training experience is extremely limited. So we only do body weight work. Right. Everything's exactly. body weight. Everything's basically, uh, you know, three premises of, of doing, being able, to, being able to do a push up, a body weight squat, and a lunge. And then we build from there. And then as they become a little bit more acclimated into the, to the environment and they're able to understand the cues, we, we progress from there. We maybe will touch a dumbbell and a kettlebell or, or, or a sandbag. And then we'll move forward from there. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had, I've had pretty good success with um, training youth athletes in that way. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of that. And I, I appreciate you giving, you know, just the basic understanding and the research from a respected, a respected body to show that, you know, it, it benefits everybody. It's not a bad thing. It won't hurt them. It won't stunt their growth. If anything, it'll make them stronger. And, 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 it, and, and it has to be understood that this period, this, this is a tough period for the human body going through adolescence. You're getting these growth spurts and they're putting a demand. Just the growth spurt itself is putting a demand on muscle that wasn't there simply because the bone is growing, the muscle is growing, and you're kind of losing the equivalent amount of muscle mass you had for your body size, mm -hmm. suddenly dissipates within a couple of months. Wow. <laughs> and suddenly wow. you're still trying to do these activities, these sports, and you kind of just don't have the natural level of muscle mass that you had. Yeah. So you, you have to acclimate to that and try to get some more strength. That is amazing. It, it, make, it makes total sense. I, you know, I... I, you know, nothing more I can add to that. That that makes total sense. And I hope a lot of the parents who listen to my podcast that have any doubts about their 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 youth athletes participating into a strength participating in a strength program, they do their research and they have a a a, a trainer or work with someone who has a basic understanding of how to progress a program in a progressively loaded way where, you know, you, they're not starting out doing anything crazy. And, you know, that goes into everything. You know, I, you know, I, I can go on for days about speed and agility and, and the joke that crap is about, you know, everybody seeing the, the, the above word speed, speed and agility with no basis of any strength training. Um, I, I, I'll, cover, I'll, I'll cover that later. <laughs> okay. Okay. In, 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 in regards to what you do, how do you feel that weightlifting can prevent or help reduce the chances of injury in youth athletes. Yep. So um, when we're talking about the performance of the body, mm -hmm. the body performs optimally when, if we're looking at you from the side, we see this perfect alignment. If I took a plumb line 
and I was looking at your ear, your shoulder, your hip, your knee, and your ankle, mm -hmm. I would want to see them directly over one another because yes. that means that your bones are all stacked on one another perfectly. Exactly. And gravity is pushing through them properly, and they're going to absorb that, mm -hmm. and you're going to have the optimal way your body is going to work. Exactly. Now, for that to occur, you need to have strength and balance of all muscle. Mm -hmm. And so you know that if you're a 14, 15, 16, 18-year-old boy, yeah. you're going to go into the gym and you're going to bench press like this no tomorrow. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to kind of forget that there's got to be a matching muscle in the back. Exactly. And so you're probably not going to match that out perfectly. And so what's going to happen is with all the greatest desire to want to do the right thing, you're probably going to end up with an imbalance. Yeah. And your chest is going to be too strong relationship to your back. Mm -hmm. And you're going to end up shortening those muscles and pulling your shoulders forward. Very true. And lo and behold, <laughs> you have a misalignment of those bony landmarks. And as a result, your muscles aren't going to be able to function optimally exactly. because muscle force is optimal at an optimal length of the muscle. And that only happens when you have balance of muscle. Exactly. And, and you know, just to make sure that people understand, you know, usually what I do when I do an assessment and I have an athlete or anyone come in, usually everybody's shoulders are pulled forward. Everybody's right. shoulders are pulled forward. They're, they're, they're really tight in this area right here. And their upper back and their shoulder girdle is extremely weak, not activated. And a lot of people have shoulder problems. And they, you know, they're, they're, they're just not as effective, you know, when they're throwing a ball, when they're catching a ball, when they're, when they're, even when they're running, you know, that can impede your running also. Absolutely. In different ways. So that balance between the front, which is the anterior and the back, which is the posterior of the upper body is, in, is, is, is extremely important. And when we talked about in the last podcast, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a deficiency in posterior training in all ways. So, you Absolutely. know, you, you, you hit it on the head. I, um, I want, you know, one more thing. What do you believe is in your personal opinion, what's the proper age to begin uh, weightlifting? Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll, go with the American Academy of Pediatrics, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with that. I don't, okay. I, I'm good. I, I really think that it's the issue of the level of resistance that you use. And that's being very specific, moderate levels of resistance, which is 50% of the maximum effort, the resistance that the person can push. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe in, I'll always be, regardless of the individual I believe in the concept of a balanced approach to strength training. So that's front to back, side to side, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've been in the gym and you see these guys with these massive, oh, yeah. massive upper bodies. And then mm -hmm. they have those stick legs. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. What, what happened there? What, what happened to the legs? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And the answer is that it's just easier. Yeah. You, you know, a squat, a straight leg deadlift. That, that's some very difficult exercise to do and to do it correctly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so and to use a good amount of resistance. So they kind of stay away from it mm -hmm. because it's just easy to focus on the upper body. Exactly. But I would say that even in whether it's an adolescent or an adult, <clears throat> 
I, I want to see balance. I, I want to see you strengthening your legs as much as your upper body. I want to see you strengthening your back as much as your chest, your bicep as much as your tricep, mm -hmm. your hamstring as much as your quad. I want to make sure that your legs are balanced side mm -hmm. to side, that you don't develop an over uh, a developed strength on one side than the other. Because mm. let's say that you ended up, you, you had a natural tendency towards having a stronger left leg, right? And so let's say that you plan on cutting one way or the other. You're always going to cut to the right because you're always going to push off with the left leg because it's your stronger leg. Okay. You're subconsciously, without you even recognizing, are going to predispose yourself to having this situation where you're always cutting to the left because you're... Yep. And, and, and so how does that help your performance in terms of the sport itself, you're impeding your ability to be exactly. optimally successful exactly. because you created a predisposition, a stronger single side. You don't, you don't want to go there. Exactly. This isn't the way we want to do this. We want to make sure every aspect of our body is available to play the activity so that we could be optimally successful at the activity. Exactly. I, t I totally agree. And one, one of the, one of the things is that I try to focus on, especially in particular sports like baseball, um, really all sports, being strong on both legs, doing a lot of single leg strengthening exercises, making sure that there's a balance between the two. I, I had an a, a athlete in here yesterday and he was doing, uh, we, just, we just do hurdle hops over a six inch hurdle. Well, where I'm just basically teaching them how to absorb force from the ground where they hop over a six inch hurdle and they land in a squat, which, you know, which is an eccentric, pretty much eccentric yeah. movement. When he did it on his left leg, it looked perfect. When he did it, when he hopped on his right leg, there was a limited range of motion. He's had issues with his hip. He's had issues with his, with his ankle on his right leg because there is a, there is, not a balance between both legs. And with him, his balance comes from his posterior chain. His hamstrings are very weak and they're right. even weaker on his right leg. And right. he has a hard time landing in a squat because when you land in a squat in that eccentric, that weakest point, the hamstring triggers to help you actually stabilize. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I try, you know, with him, we we're going to focus a lot more on hamstring and it's going to be balanced, but you know, on the right, we're really going to focus on the movement and focus on connecting the, the mind with the movement, especially with the right leg. Now so. just think, think about this concept. So let's say this guy suddenly in the sport he's participating in, it's just, it just ends up in this situation where suddenly he's now going to have to push off excessively off that right leg. Yep. You openly knew that it was weaker. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to strain. Exactly. He's going to He's going to strain. Yep. And it's and, and it's because he didn't recognize that he needed to keep both legs equally as strong because exactly. throughout sports activity occurs subconsciously. You don't make decisions yep. whether I'm going to use my right leg or my left leg. I'm going to simply do what the the activity in the moment calls for. Mm -hmm. And if there is some predisposed weakness, it's basically lurking and it's going to present itself and the person could be susceptible to hurting themselves and also just not performing at their optimal level. Exactly. So by doing what you're doing, by doing the single leg 
strengthening by doing this single leg functional testing mm -hmm. you're able to pinpoint where the weaknesses are mm -hmm. that's going to save this guy mm -hmm. very true uh, and, and that was one of the main issues is he's recovering from a you know a minor injury you know i believe in, in his right leg and and when when you overcompensate and i've had several athletes and most of them play basketball to be honest <laughs> because you know you you learn to push off one leg you learn, right you learn you learn to use be one single leg dominant and sure. i had one kid where his left leg did the exact opposite of his right leg right <laughs> we would we would be doing a, a squat the right leg looked good looked perfect the left leg the knee would would cave in he would you know he would be extremely you know bogus which means you know he'd be not needed on his on his on his left leg and he it took it took me at least it took me a year to clear that up to get him to where that leg was both his legs were balanced and now you know he he's he's had a really really decent um, season um, playing AU basketball. That's great. Yeah, that's so. great. If you think about like you were mentioning basketball, mm -hmm. you you know that the average person's going to end up dribbling with their stronger arm right oh, yeah yeah and, mm -hmm. and so they if you do not address that early mm -hmm. that person is always going to drive to the basket on one side exactly and, and they're basically opening up to the defense saying listen i don't even have to exactly. defend the other side because i know you can't dribble to that side exactly because yeah. you're not strong on that side exactly. so if that person were to recognize there are there are strength deficits and technical ability deficits and what to correct that they're now a double threat they, exactly. they make themselves more dangerous exactly but if you don't do that and you just fall into the groove this is my strong side i'm going to accept it and you're limiting your ability to perform and be successful exactly and, and i can attest to that you know me on a personal level when i was in college i was you know i had i i was you know i was pretty decent you know playing football i, I did a um a a workout for the uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. The guy told me he, we did the L drill, which basically is a basic agility drill, and he did he had me do it for both sides, and I did a great pushing off my, on my right leg, going to my left pressing, going to the left. It was fine. Whenever I had to go through my to my to my right pressing off my left leg to change directions, my my time was like. It was it was not good and it looked it looked clumsy. And he right. told me, you know, he was like, "You look good going to the you look good going going to the left, but going <laughs> to the right, you look yeah. like garbage." And that was that was the deciding factor between me going and getting you know getting an opportunity to play you know having more teams you know be interested in me and sure. me having and, and me you know basically signing as a free agent out of college. And really, right. I, it wasn't a Falcons. It was the the regional director for the combine. The regional director for the for the NFL combine wow. came and worked me out, and wow. that's what he said. That that wow. it's been such a long time. But those strength imbalances will limit you, and will allow, will not allow you to use your full athletic talent. And and I just want to make the point: you you have all the coaches and and mm -hmm. all the people working on the technical aspects with yeah. these guys and and women and. And that's all good, mm -hmm. but I don't want people to falsely believe that the coach has a in-depth understanding yeah. of muscle and balance and yeah. things like that. And, and I, that, I just want it to be made clear that 
these guys got enough to worry about understanding how to enhance the technical aspects of how the athletes perform. Mm -hmm. I I want the, the, the parent to kind of say, you know what, maybe that's a little bit my responsibility to make sure that I take my child outside of those that I'm are working to enhance their performance in the sport Mm -hmm. to somebody who maybe has a better understanding on the the side of the fitness aspect Mm -hmm. of this. Very true. And I I appreciate that because I've seen it over the last several years where the parents want the training more than the, more than the athlete. And that's because the parent does not really view it. They view it as important, but they don't trust their, their athletes work ethic in order to invest that. So that basically that does come from the parent that comes from a parent really letting the selling it to the athlete and really explaining to the athlete that this is an important part of what you want to do, especially when you want to play beyond, if you want to really play beyond high school, this is very important. Absolutely. I think, I think that's critical. I think that the parent really has to play a critical role in the guidance Mm -hmm. of what's important, recognizing the whole premise that, there is a technical aspect to playing these sports and doing this stuff, but that there's also a physical demand mm-hmm. that, you know, tech, your ability to perform talent occurs here. Yes. Talent occurs. It's the neural network pathways of the brain that allow you to move in a certain way to cut. But if you don't have the physical capacity to do so, your physical ability will limit you. It will limit you from achieving your ultimate talent level. And that's something I I think people really have to understand. There are the two elements. Talent is in the brain, your ability to do what you do. But if you haven't assisted in allowing the body, the physical capacity to match your talent level, you're not going to be as successful as you could be. Very true. Very, very true. That, that makes a whole lot of sense. And, and really, I, I, you know, I think we've covered a whole lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, if you, you know, if you have any any parting words or anything that you want to actually, you know, you know, add to the whole conversation, and you know, so 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 we can actually continue this and get people to actually realize that strength training and youth sports are hand in hand. That's not separate. Strength training and speed and agility. I know there's no speed and agility without strength. Absolutely. If you can expound on that a little bit. Well, if you really want to talk about it from a very technical concept, um, power, which is what the athlete needs to develop, the actual physics law is force divided by speed squared. That's what power equals. Mm -hmm. So on top, you have force. Force is strength. Mm -hmm. And so the way it works is that to be more powerful you need to first be able to develop more force, strength, okay? And that comes from weightlifting. Mm -hmm. Then once you have that strength, the ability to move the strength over a shorter period of time, Mm -hmm. that is what then has to occur. And that comes from plyometrics, agility training, and all the things you're talking about. Very true. So there are two places you can actually increase power. The force that's being pushed, and the speed at which you move the force. Those are the two elements. Mm-hmm. So my attitude is if there's two possible places to grow and gain, why wouldn't I do both? Why would I only focus just on the shortening the speed of which I move my force? Why not also make more force? Exactly. So that, that, that's the actual technical aspect of it. 
get more force by strength training, then learn how to push that force in a shorter period of time, which then gives you greater power. Exactly. And, and that's that's the premise of the game. And, and I've actually retooled my training program to include more strength and power movements so we can so I can develop more youth athletes. I've been I've been playing around this with this this concept, you know, using, you know, some some potentiation methods. And basically what potentiation is, is basically you lift heavy and you do some a dynamic movement within that same movement pattern to improve the potential um, power that you can generate within that movement. So basically, for example, I have a, I have a kid squat like 70 to 80% his, of his one rep max. Then we'll do box jumps. We'll do some variation of some plyometric movement. You know, I do that on, 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 a, on, a, on, a, on a pretty lower level with youth, with younger kids, but it's the same premise. You want to actually develop the potential after you have actually pushed some heavy weight. So to me, the classic example of that is like, let's say it's the offensive lineman. The mm -hmm. offensive lineman is only as successful as he can keep the defender away from him. Yep. So you work on getting balance. I'm not just saying bench press, but strengthen oh, yeah. the upper back as well. But you're oh, developing yeah. a lot of pushing ability with oh, your yeah. chest. Mm -hmm. You could then follow that up with having some sort of weighted ball. Oh, and yeah. throwing it at him and making him throw it back at you as oh, fast yeah. as you can. That's it. taking the strength he's developed and now getting them to learn how to get rid of that, yep. increase their power, yep. push that force in the shortest period of time. Exactly. So that's like a combination that yeah. I would use. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's applying the strength. And that that's that's one of the main focuses is applying this strength, not just being a weightlifter, being right. an athlete that can apply the strength that you gain. Correct. So. I mean, well, Doc. I, I mean, I'm, I'm. I think we've covered everything for the most part. It was That's just, great. I'm glad. This is pretty short and sweet. Um, if you guys want to uh, follow and and, and and reach out to Doctor Yaz, all this information will be in, in the notes and on the on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. Um, Doc, you got any more parting words? No, just, you know, it's a great thing to want to be an athlete. Just try to do it as in, in the healthiest manner that you can and, and just get the most out of life. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, sports is a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. Sports is a wonderful thing when it's done in a way that you are doing it to the healthiest ability and getting the most out of it. So, you know, just do what you got to do to achieve that goal. And, and I think it's a great thing. Very true. Well, on that note, we're going to we're going to sign off and I appreciate you, Doc. Thank you so much. And we're going to have Doc on again, you know, here pretty soon. Hopefully, you know, we, you know, talking about some other topics um, in, in regards to strength training and how strength training can be more beneficial to you. Thanks. You guys have a great one and train with a purpose. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Game Ready Podcast with Coach E. Allen. I can be reached at eallen at atlasprotraining.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating of, I would hopefully a, a five-star rating. <laughs> so we, you know, we can reach as many people as possible and it, it improves our chances at, on increasing our reach in this huge, expansive world of podcasting. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.